Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rusty Quill presents.
Last thing I remembered before I ended up in the white woods was something rising up from beneath the cabin and blasting me with more pain than I'd ever conceived of. I could still feel the residual sting of it playing across my skin. I just hoped I wasn't dead, and this place wasn't my final resting place. The fact that I could still feel pain and wasn't a walking white machine seemed to indicate that I was still kicking. And just like the last time I ended up here, my physical body was likely still on the other side of the woods. However, being alive and very likely in the hands of a scream eater was far, far from a desirable combination. I had to assume that whenever my mind was pushed too far, rather than falling unconscious, I wound up in the white woods. And given what it took to put me here the last time, it was a safe bet my body wasn't in the best condition. There was also the other extrapolation, the one I really didn't want to think about. Given that this is where I ended up when I was pushed beyond my limit, it was also more than likely the same place I'd end up once I went permanently horizontal. Despite the emotional numbing qualities of the forest of machines, I could feel dread creeping up my spine, slipping into my skull, constricting my thoughts. This was the absolute last fucking place I wanted to spend eternity. Pushing the thought as far away as I could, I forced my awareness into the woods around me, noticing its newest feature, at least one that I hadn't remembered seeing before. Once I slipped from beneath the ticking canopy of the forest, my eyes were drawn to an awe-inspiring sight set against the bleached sky. A towering white monolith wreathed in pale mists. Its surface was a complex tapestry of countless turning components, each moving with rhythmic precision and grace. Although the details weren't clear from where I stood, The methodical motion of these elements suggested cogs or something similar, all of them serving the enigmatic function of the soaring tower. Having more wits about me than any other time I'd been exposed to the place, I tried to take in all the details I could, which might have been a moot point if the scream eater decided to kill rather than torture me. To call the place beautiful might have been stretching things, though there was a certain quality to its perfectly balanced aesthetic. Each mechanical white leaf and buzzing blade of grass blended seamlessly together, barely managing an individual presence. Every hidden action of the forest was laid threadbare as tiny, though observable, mechanical processes, photosynthesis, nutrient gathering, reproduction. The white woods was just the distillation of its earthly counterpart. All the invisible necessities that underlay nature. The exposed naked logics. It was a forest without mystery. While the woods buzzed and chirped with mechanical aplomb, I detected a deeper undercurrent of sound nested beneath the rhythm of the forest. It was like a heartbeat, steady and strong, but ultimately lifeless. That last quality was more of an unspoken intimation than anything supplied by the sound itself. It was pretty obvious that the pulse belonged to the huge monolith, 
and I wondered what the thing actually did. Moving closer, I realized it was in the process of being built. Large sections of it looked more like scaffolding than completed mechanism. And what I initially took for the orderly motions of cogs and pistons were now revealed as people, bleached stark white and stuffed with machine parts. Was this what the people I sent here were cursed to do? Build this tower thing? Was it what I would eventually wind up doing? It's nice to see you again, Isaiah. Are you visiting? Or is it for good this time? It was Daniel Goins, the salamander, the exo who made my career. Goins? What? What happened to you? I have been perfected by the machine, and I have you to thank for it. Now I build. We all build. Build? Build what? That, that tower? We make order. Cog by lever, by circuit, by wire. The machine was damaged during the darkness. We must repair it. All of us. Even you. Especially you, Isaiah. Me? What can I do? Bring us more help. It was one thing when I knew where I was sending them, even after I saw them all. But seeing Goins, talking with him, it... Jesus, how could I ever use the revolvers again? The Hanyama were an especially useful gift. See how well they work? Goins pointed high upon the tower, where white shapes hovered near the mechanical monolith. The Hanyama I'd killed at the Silentage. They were using their telekinetic powers, mending the machine, fusing shining metallic plates to the outside of it. Ah, Jesus, how, how does this the tower, this machine, make order? It is one of the primordial machines. Those that stave off the void gives the universe its numbers. When it is repaired, all will be as it once was. As it should be. I don't understand. How, how am I connected to all of this? I was born from... I'm from New Victoria. How the hell do I even fit into this? This makes no fucking sense. Once the machine is repaired, all will be made clear. That is what it does. Its purpose, to give back the certainty that darkness has stolen. I wondered when you'd show up. Want to tell me what the hell's going on here? How does that machine fix what happened because of the darkness? And why am I only getting to know all this stuff now? With the dead mother present, Goins just turned and walked away. His head lifted toward the monolith. I couldn't help but wonder if I'd done him dirty. Was this worse than even he deserved? I am telling you this because you have grown closer to us. The machine. The knowledge belongs to you. Which is why you fail to comprehend the machine. You are not yet close enough. But 
In time, all that will change. And I suppose the reason behind my being connected to all this is also too far off. Indeed. You still have a long road ahead of you. But it should comfort you to know that with every dark form you expunge by means of your pale weaponry, the world is that much closer to righting itself. I'm ecstatic. As well you should be. But now, it is time for you to return to the world. To do your good work. It took a few seconds for me to realize what the hell had happened to me. But from the shattered, translucent tank I was tumbling out of, the gallons of limbo elixir splashing to the floor, and the echo of screams and gunfire, I figured it was a fairly safe bet that my revolvers had just blasted me free of one of those goddamn tortuaries. Splayed out on the floor, I took in the sights. I was in a metal chamber with all sorts of coiling metal tubers hanging loose from the torture machine I'd just blown to smithereens, a residual trickle of shrieks dripping from their open ends. No doubt they'd been channeling all sorts of pain into me. I guess I owe the dead mother one after all for sparing me the experience. I wasn't used to breaks in my continuity of awareness. So it took me a bit to shake off the cobwebs and get my head straight. I could barely walk, but I managed to follow the familiar sounds into the next room. Sure enough, there he was. Old Carface. He was mixing it up pretty good with a gigantic Torturian mechanoid. No doubt the one that put me on my can back at the cabin. I only managed to peek at the thing before everything went black. But here it was, in all its rusted evil glory. Standing about 15 feet tall, it looked like a mockery of a hooded monk. Somehow its red hot metal limbs didn't set its plain brown robe aflame and its size didn't hurt its speed and agility either. But it was the muffled screams that leaked from its body that really sold its pain-eating shtick. My merely half-brother was shifting back and forth between his two forms with lightning speed, the demonic hot rod vanishing only to be replaced by a towering Motor City monstrosity. One second he was driving breakneck smack dab into the Torturian, smashing him into a wall. The next, he was bringing a massive tire iron crashing down onto the pain monk's hooded head. Despite his tricks, Carface was still fighting at a weight and height disadvantage. Not that it seemed to upset his mojo in the least. As much as I enjoyed watching the fight, I had to find the screen meter and put him down once and for all. But while the idea sounded great in my head, my body wasn't up to cash in its checks. Nope. All I could really do was hope that Carface could finish off a Torturian before the Scream Eater showed up and turned the tables. 
Well, there he is. <laughs> We've been looking all over for you, don't you know? <laughs> Sugar, we need to get the fuck out of here. Tut tut, old boy. Our sister has that mean old scream eater on the ropes, even as we speak. <laughs> Romy's here too? Why, you look surprised. We're all family, aren't we? When one of us is in trouble, don't we all come a-running? This was no run-of-the-mill Scream Eater. He was skilled in far more than just torture. I was doing everything I could just to steer clear of his whip tongues. Though I couldn't shake the feeling he was just toying with me. While your power is great, your martial skills are not nearly as impressive. Your brother's power while much less spectacular in its implementation, had the distinction of leveling the playing field. Yours, however, fails to meet that threshold. I've walked the world for several of your lifetimes, girl, tasted the pain of a thousand opponents. Yours is but the next scream upon my plate. He knew what I was, or at the very least what I could do, but maybe not the extent of what I could do. Like Sugar said, the Wakeless are all but useless outside New Vic, so maybe this guy had a watered-down idea of what I was capable of. In addition, it was nighttime, so my power was maxed out. I decided to just put the pedal to the metal and see what happened. My eyes gripped the room in their power, injecting plasticity into whatever they fell across. The solidity of the chamber buckled as my mind went about crushing the reality out of metal and machine and monster. Retreating from the blooming corona of my emergent dream, the Scream Eater took a step back. A monstrous face upon the breastplate of its armor yawned wide and loosed a terrible scream. Our two powers collided, arcing occult energies stretched out from the point of contest, burning the metal walls black, raising boils from cold, wicked steel. I drew upon all the terrible visions the night could offer, as well as the creature's nearly endless stockpile of pain. The battle was pitched, neither of us relenting. But while the Eater's scream was powerful, it lacked versatility. I used my power to angle his blast upward into the various Torturian machines positioned all around us. Even as the mechanical debris rained down on my opponent, it countered, 
Apparently, it could remotely instruct its assortment of torture machines. As a huge mechanical arm reached down from the shadows, a thing festooned with hooks and blades and whatever else could force a scream from flesh. Having weakened the reality of the room, I reached up and grabbed the inbound device, stopping it cold, its gears and pistons hissing their irritation. For my next trick, I tore the thing from the ceiling and pitched it straight at the Scream Eater. However, the monster wasn't exaggerating its skills. It darted away in a flash, its rictus grin beaming from the darkness. I couldn't let up for even an instant. I lashed out with the blade of my Balik. Dropping down to evade the attack, it pressed its clawed hands against the transparent flooring. A rust-colored energy emanated from its claws, crackling and spreading across the ground. Hovering above the floor to avoid the stuff, a small arc of it reached up and nipped my foot. The pain was excruciating. Ah, you bastard! Almost berserk with pain, I forgot all about strategy and shot across the room. My hands reaching for the Scream Eater's throat. The monster sidestepped my charge and wrapped its whipped tongue around my neck as I sped past. My momentum cinched it tight, choking me so hard I thought my head would pop off. Sizzling pain surged down the length of looping flesh, and my vision went white with pain. A dark corner of my mind tittered at the irony. A creature that specialized in screams was keeping me from screaming, forcing them to remain inside me, where they raged and roared and threw themselves at the wall of my body like wild beasts, unable to escape. I would have given anything to scream, yet all I could do was feel. <laughs> I collapsed to the ground as the pain poured into me, raking my skin and soul. Ambling over, the Scream Eater put a foot on my back and pressed me tight to the floor. This is not a dream, you poor, poor. Wakeless. But this place may well be your worst nightmare. And that pain that you now feel coursing through you, it is but a whisper of the agony to come. It will feed my machines well, though in time. I will forget your screeching song, as I have forgotten so many others. Focusing my surging pain into a blast of harrowing nightmare, I smashed open the transparent floor. Agony-fueled creatures splashed upward from below and seized their tormentor with dozens of swollen hands, trying to rip him apart, limb from inhuman limb. With the Scream Eater preoccupied, my pain diminished long enough for me to sever the tongue wrapped around my neck. It was like a hellish revolution, tortured souls spilling out of their vats of boiling oil to take vengeance upon their torturer. 
but I couldn't waste time gawking. I needed to press my advantage. There was no telling if the Eater could fight his way through the mass of howling Sallow Avengers. Scanning the ceiling, I injected nightmares into the steel architecture holding up the roof, twisting and snapping it free of its moorings. The Scream Eater and his victims vanished under an avalanche of rusted beams and struts and sheet metal. I hoped at the very least the tortured were all dead. Switching focus, I hurried into the distant chamber, where the clamor of battling metallic giants rang out. Diving for cover, I narrowly escaped one of the Torturian's severed arms as it came crashing toward me. Carface, with his unchanging chrome smile, was methodically disassembling the giant, piece by piece. Sickening streams of yellow limbo elixir flowed from numerous punctures in the Torturian's metallic exterior. But it was Isaiah aiming a pale revolver at me that really grabbed my attention. Get down! I hit the deck just in time to witness the Scream Eater take a volley in the chest, its shrieking breastplate shattering to pieces. The impact sent the creature reeling back into the shadows. As I got to my feet, Sugar paused as he moved past me. Go see to Isaiah, Rosemary. He can barely stand. I'll handle Mr. Sourpuss. There are only a few monsters that really stick in my craw. <laughs> and Scream Eaters are one of them. I mean, who wants to hear people scream? <laughs> oh, not me, that's for sure. Now laughter, <laughs> that's the sugar of the soul. <laughs> Oh, this was the second time my poor, foolish brother had gotten the wrong end of the stick from these sad, sad sacks. So it was past time I sent them a little message. <laughs> There's a price for meddling with the Stroud triplets. <laughs> In every one of us, a concluding shriek persists. It offers itself up at death's final kiss. But before the end comes and the Reaper repaid, there's so many more screams that might be conveyed. Hiding in the dark while prattling off bad poetry, eh? <laughs> oh, nice tactic. 
but not the kind of confidence I'd expect from a misery muncher. <laughs> Anywho, have I ever got a poem for you? <laughs> Ready? Here it is. With my brother and sister you played with, I see. So now the time has come to meet the sweetest of the three. <laughs> but unlike my precious siblings, you won't survive me. <laughs> The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 